Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Still no karaoke opportunity. I'm going to sing for you. Eventually. And you're going to love it. Trust me. I've been called the songbird of my generation. 877-337-6666. That's right, cat pee. I know that's weird, but it's it's stuff like that. I'm not kidding. It's just weird, break-the-tension kind of guy. I know Marco just mentioned he never coached before. I get it. And again, it's the hidden coach. I'm not trying to tell you he's going to turn around the team, but that's why it doesn't bother me he's never coached before. <laughs> like it's, it's a position that I think mainly is a mindset position to try and help guys get in the right frame of mind. And I think they need some, they need a, a, a kind of a bit of a character who also can obviously help them with approach, but can change, can change the vibe and change the feel in that room and change the mentality of the team a little bit and be a little bit looser and be a little bit more just, you know, go see ball, hit ball, and not think so much. And I think as much as I went on a rant before about how analytics is the word that is just a blanket word to blame everything on. I don't like, you know, hot dogs are $10. It's $10 a hot dog, analytics. Everything is blamed on analytics. But as much as I said that, I do believe in the, the paralysis by analysis kind of thing where it's just, it got to a point where it was probably too much. And Dylan Lawson has nothing else to provide. Uh, he's a one-trick pony. Dylan Lawson doesn't have uh, some of the things that now Casey, uh, Sean Casey will have to lean on and experiences he had to lean on. And, you know, he, all, all Dylan Lawson had was more information, more information. This guy throws this pitch on three and one. Look for it on three and one. And, you know, this this guy does that. And you know, well, really, what you got to look for your pitch on the inside. You're hitting four fifty when you're looking at pitches like this on a two and one count. You're hitting two twenty seven only when you look for pitches away. And those are great numbers. I'm surprised any pitch, any Yankee was hitting those numbers on any pitch. I should have went lower than that. But that's all he had. He doesn't have the ability to communicate with these guys, especially a veteran team, and be on the same level with them. So I think a former player was a good idea. I think outside the organization was a must. And I actually think the kind of wacky personality that the mayor, Sean Casey, has is the perfect kind of thing for this Yankee team. So we'll see. I look forward to it. I look forward to the second half of the season. I'm already refreshed. It's amazing what a five-hour show will make you miss Yankee baseball. But I said I needed a couple days off. I Just one was good. I want to get back on the field. Sean Casey has refreshed my mind. I'm ready to get I'm ready to go attack the Colorado Rockies and see how they don't score runs in Colorado and really piss me off. Because you know that's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. They're going to go to they're going to go to Colorado and they're going to do absolutely nothing in the first game. We're all going to go nuts about how Casey was pointless. That's what's going to happen. You mark my words. And the Mets open up uh at home against LA. And hopefully to turn things around for them, and we'll see. I mean, listen, for them, it's it's really simple for me. I The last stretch of baseball over the last eight games to go 6-2 and two is positive. The last two games sucked. 
And I still think Max Scherzer, I, you know, I heard Sal today that he's not going to allow Max Scherzer to ruin his uh, Buckmas in July. Well, I, I think it's ruining it for me. I think the starting pitching has ruined it for me. And I don't have as much hope as I do for the Yankees making it forward uh, back into the light because I don't like the pitching and the bullpen sucks. And what's supposed to be their strength is their biggest weakness in Max Scherzer in the top of this rotation. And the rotation overall, it's just not good enough. And the bullpen's terrible. And Max Scherzer blows every stinking lead you give him. And, and he puts him every big game, every big game going back to Atlanta. I'm not breaking news. We all know it. He's got a four ERA, and I don't trust him. And you can't if you don't trust your ace, that's it. That's it. He's supposed to be the one leading them back, not the one holding them back. And if he literally is holding them back, then you can forget it. And that's where I am with this team. They can add bullpen arms. They can add another bat to make up for Vogel back. They can, you know, bring in somebody else who's a better option, Gourmet, and they can do all those kinds of things and try and get back on track here. They have won six out of the last eight. They have been playing a little bit better. They they really pitched great those eight those six games. That was really the thing. Cookie Carrasco was working with a new uh, grip on a slider. He was he he looked good for a couple starts. Obviously, Kodai Sangu is now an All Star. Has been as dominant, really. I mean, when he's on, he's as dominant as there is a pitcher in the game. Been a little bit inconsistent, but you like him and where his his head is at. But for me, it's still Verlander has been up and down, and Scherzer is completely untrustworthy. And they're just too far behind to be that in that position. If Scherzer had figured it out and was just lights out over the last two weeks or three weeks, I'd feel a lot better about it. But right now, you look at the standings, forget the division. We all know that. Atlanta's the best team in baseball, and they're 100 games ahead. But the Mets are right now seven games back behind the Cubs, behind the Padres, behind Milwaukee, behind Philadelphia, behind the Giants. Forget, you know, and that's the third wild card spot. So you got all those teams to jump and seven games behind. And I understand. I understand that the Mets blew a seven-game lead with 17 to play to one team. You got to, I mean, listen, I don't think the Cubs are very good and they might very well sell. The Padres, I don't think they're very good either, despite the dynamic lineup they present on a daily basis, and they might sell. I don't think Milwaukee, Corbin Burns has been an issue for them all year. They might, rumors they still might trade him. Lineup isn't that, you know, has been really bad, but they're 49 and 42, and they've had their way with the Mets. Philadelphia's defending National League champion, and San Francisco's having a hell of a year. You got to jump all those teams. You got to make up seven games, and that's just to be the third wild card team. It's a lot. It's a lot. Even at the All Star break, it's a lot. And for the Yankees, they have the worst offense in the sport, and that's a lot. And I don't know if Sean Casey's good enough to change it, but at least it brings a different feel. And hopefully, you can hopefully that has a palpable, tangible feel to it, because these guys are just. You know, up there, lost without a plan. Jim in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. What's up, Jim? Hey, C Mac. How, how goes it? It goes okay. How goes it with you? Good, good. Thank you. Well, a couple of trade possibilities. Now, I don't think the Yankees are going to go for a big salary guy. Uh, there's a left fielder for Washington, Lane Thomas. His name is. Mm-hmm. He's got good numbers. Twenty-seven years old. He's only making two million bucks. Uh, I know they would probably have to take on a salary to make that deal. Patrick Corbin, I just looked up his salary background, mm-hmm. $35 million next year. Yeah. So that's out. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's out. Why is that out? $35 million? Yeah. The Yankees? Yes. Yeah, the New York, you know, the New York Yankees, who consistently <laughs> have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, yes. Josh I Donaldson's going to be off the books. Um, there's no reason to think they won't. You don't think they're going to add anybody? No, I, I think they're they're going to go like under the radar type of left fielder like Lane Thomas. Yeah, like I, mean, I never even heard of this guy until I did some research. Uh, how about this veteran? He'd have to shave Charlie Blackman from Colorado. Yeah, for the rest of, pretty good left hand hitter for the rest of the year. It's not ter- lineup. It's it's not terrible. Um, he's obviously when you said veteran, you're being kind. Um, yeah, right, thirty seven. I mean, he's 
let's see what he's currently doing right now. He's hitting uh, he's hitting 265 on base of 347, which isn't terrible, but he's got a 769 OPS. He's got he five home runs in 26. So he's only played 56 games, so he probably hadn't. I don't know if he's hurt, injured currently, uh, but he's missed some time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not terrible. I also looked at a you know for third base. I was looking at Tim Anderson. Uh, I understand that they would have to probably uh, send um, Donaldson packing before they would make that move. But if, but yeah, exactly. But Tim Anderson having a big time underachieving season. I, I could see the White Sox may, looking to make a move. You could put him at third base. Right. Uh, I like him a lot, but he's having a down year. But th- those are the kind of guys you gotta try and look and see if you can ad- adjust and make a a, a a a difference with. And now they just got the best hitting coach in baseball. So you bring Tim Anderson in here and Sean Casey turn him around in two seconds. But I don't know. It's hard to really digest it. You could look through all the bad teams and come up with names. It would just be doing just that. I mean, you could throw Lane Thomas at me and all the different guys you can we can all speculate. I haven't heard them attached to anyone. I talked to Brian Hoke earlier today. He told me right now they're looking at pitching. They're going to get a left fielder. I don't know what level. I wouldn't put it past them to go out and get a left fielder who makes some money. I really don't think so, especially if it means trading away less uh, prospects or lesser prospects. I don't see why the Yankees wouldn't do that. I know you think that he won't spend money, he doesn't care. I mean, there's a threshold maybe he wouldn't pass by, but certainly next year in the offseason, I don't think you're worried about next year's contracts too much. You're going to, you know, there's going to be certain money off the books. Severino's money, although it's not all that much, but Severino's money is going to be off the books. Donaldson's money, you know, there's going to be some money off the books. They're going to add next year. Might not be the people we want. It might not be the complete change we want, but they'll do something. And I think they'll trade for someone who's got a contract next year. Typically, they like doing that because it's, it's um, you know, more years of, you know, control. They traded for Bader, who had an extra year of control. They traded for Montas, who had an extra year of control. I think that's the kind of moves Cashman likes to make because it, you can always say if it didn't work out that if it didn't work out in the second half of the season in a playoff push, at least we got him next year and we'll see what happens. And I think I think Bader's been a good trade. I really do. I think Bader's been a very good trade. He's been impactful for this team as much as anyone this side of Judge. He had five home runs in the postseason. He's a world class center fielder, and he's had he's been a clutch bat. He gets hurt. That's the thing. He gets hurt. But imagine where that outfield is when that if he's not here without Judge, that outfield's atrocious. That outfield has two infielders playing center and left right now if it's not for Bader. And he's come through in big situations. I think Bader's been great. Patrick in Brooklyn. What's up, Patrick? Hey, Chris. Congrats on the new gig. Thank you, buddy. Um, So, just want to touch on the previous offseason and what we're going to do now about left field. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, good move by Cashman by not going after Bellinger because last offseason it's just not what we needed. You know, another, you know, what we think of Bellinger as a power strikeout guy. He is that, but, he, um, but he's also a competent outfielder who hits left-handed. It wouldn't have been the worst. It would have been better than yeah. Hicks. It wasn't really that much money. It would have, I mean, it was a decent contract. What do you get, $19 million, $17 million, something like that? So it would have been a decent amount of money, but it's better options than Hicks or Cabrera. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I thought Cabrera let him have a shot. Cashman makes big splashes at the deadline. Yeah, I, and that was that play. was that was their thinking. But the the problem is Cabrera took that shot and blew it, and now the deadline is a difficult thing. It's a difficult yeah. thing. Yeah, but my my main target this off season was you know, and not like I saw the guy play every day. Um, and I can't believe I haven't heard you know you know your Yankees uh, obviously you work at the fan and you have your own show. Well, that must um, make but, me smart. Well, it makes you at least competent as far as Yankee eh, fans. And you'd be surprised. You know, as far as, you know, I'm a diehard, and, you know, I, I'm sometimes embarrassed with what, you know, our fellow fans say. But uh, Yoshida, why don't, you know, you know, all this anger of, like, Cashman, nobody even talks about this guy yeah. that could have been had just for money. Oh, a left-handed bat that plays left field that uh, hits for contact and has a little pop? No, we couldn't have used that. 
Why would why would we have needed a a leadoff hitter in front of Judge that hits over potentially was going to hit over three hundred, play left field, and be able to use some of his power for the short porch? Oh, that that really doesn't make any sense. Why would we need a, a guy like that? Um, yeah, no. Listen, I I, I I I don't I don't disagree with you. What I can tell you is, I think the Yankees might have been interested in it. I don't know if they were or not. It's possible they were never interested in it, but they weren't given a chance because the Red Sox overpaid in a dramatic level. Like that was it was done lickety lickety split, and everybody killed the Red Sox for the signing. Everybody said it was well, a, well, a major well. reach. They spent way too much money. So I don't I don't even if the Yankees were interested. Not only the Yankees, any other team interested wasn't going to go the money the Red Sox went. So I, I understand your point, and I totally agree. He's having a, a very good season. He's got an 874 OPS. He's hitting, um, what is he hitting here, 316. Like he's having a great, he's having a very good year. He's got 10 home runs, 44 RBIs. No doubt he would be an impactful player for the Yankees. He's done a really nice job. But what I can tell you oh. is everybody, everybody, Thought the Red Sox dramatically overpaid for him. Well, you you hit the nail on the head. They they paid. I, I think everybody was thinking about fourteen or fifteen a year, mm-hmm. and he's getting nineteen. Yeah, I think in Yankee. I think in Yankee dollars, that's not massive. No, uh, I mean for you know the White Sox or the Angels. You know for the Angels payroll that they have right now. No, yeah, but he was in, he was in, yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and I know this is part of, you know, why we get mad at Cashman and the way they think, but an unproven commodity who they would have to go above and beyond what everybody thinks the market value is for him is not a move the Yankees are going to make and Brian Cashman's going to make. I understand what your point, and maybe they should have. And obviously he's having a great year. I don't know what the rest of his career brings or the rest of this contract brings, but I'm, I'm just telling you, it's not like everybody passed on the guy. As soon as he was made available, the Red Sox made an offer that that Yoshida's camp thought was better than anything they were going to get at, and they jumped on it. They jumped on it. Well, yeah, and, and no, I know, you're right, and I'm totally aware of that situation. I was surprised also, not by just the money, but how quick he was signed. Yeah. And, but, but you know, it's – and this wasn't supposed to be a bash cashman call. No, I get you. I wanted no, I get you. In 2015. Yeah, um, but see, I think that's more was, fair than than in recent. Ma- I think wanting him fired in 2015 makes more sense than wanting him fired like two years ago or last year because yeah. I thought he I thought he had a resurgence yeah. in 2016, 17, 18, 19. I thought he did a great job, and that's why I was and willing to I willing to you know go with him down the road. Now the last two years bad, but in 15 when Lyle Overbay is hitting fourth and Vernon <laughs> and Vernon Wells is hitting fifth. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, that's when I was looking. That's when I was really upset with Brian Cashman. I wish I had a show back then. I'd be singing a different tune and have a different perspective, and people might have a different feel for how I feel about Brian Cashman. I didn't like the fact that that lineup was as bad as it was. I mean, it was. T- I mean, I know they lost to Sherrod to a wrist injury. They lost a Rod to the suspension. It doesn't matter. You can't have Lyle Overbay and Vernon Wells in the middle of your lineup and win eighty-one game, eighty-seven games. Like that's when I was mad at Cashman when he when he finally de- yep. decided to turn ev- to trade everyone and they have rookie after rookie coming up taking baseball by storm and they turn around and get right back into the ALCS. That's not when I was so mad at Cashman. I'm lockstep with you, Chris, and. Yeah. and- like you said, you know, the, the decision to trade in 2016 at the deadline was savvy. I mean, yes. you know, the hole that we, it appeared that we had was, I mean, I backed off. And then 2017, obviously magical. Oh, wonder why we didn't win in 2017. Um, I, I'm in with now. you. But, like, now with the judge situation, all of a sudden, just to circle back to going like what we need to do now, mm-hmm. the Bellinger, the Bellinger thing. As long as the price is right, I got to be open to it because he's not batting two ten. You know, he's batting what two eighty and change, whatever. Mm-hmm. His power is a little less, but now we look. At, I look at Bellinger. I, I hope a lot of Yankee fans like we might just need this guy. You know, the way he's performing, left, left at uh, left hand bat. Um, I'm kind of in on Bellinger now. I, I like the no Bellinger then, but I okay. kind of love the Bellinger now. You yeah, know, I, I, well, I, listen, I love any, I love anything now. I love I love I love I love his father. I love Clay Bellinger on this team right now. I, I, they need something. Left field is atrocious. Left field is an embarrassment. Left field is a bunch of guys who 
had a, a couple of weeks of hitting the ball okay, who are trans, uh, you know, who are transitioning from being infielders in their minor league career. It's it's a they're atrocious defensively. They're not much offensively. It's it's a it's a wasteland. Left field is a barren wasteland in Yankee Stadium. It's horrendous, and it's the number one thing that makes me mad about this team because. Brian Cashman even recognized it as a problem, and he chose to do nothing about it because he couldn't find the perfect deal. So, yeah, maybe it was go out there and pay uh, you know Yoshida more money than the Red Sox, or maybe it was bring in Bellinger, or maybe it was tra- trade those extra pieces you didn't want to for Brian Reynolds, or whatever it was. They went into the season with really not a left field option. They got rid of Hicks. Cabrera stinks, and now they're playing infielders in the outfield. And every single game, there's a bad route on a baseball. It's ugly out there. It's ugly at third base. I mean, if you look at the positions like the Yankees have right now and you go by one by one and you look at what they've got offensively from these positions over the last month and a half since Judge went down, or a little bit less than that, it's embarrassing. And I'm not a big guy to to give you numbers. I don't really want to come on here and talk about, well, they've had a 200 batting average since this. It's the the 28th best in the league, and it's this and that. I don't care about that. But if you just go by position and think about what this team has given you at those positions, it's mind-boggling. What they have gotten out of left field, what they have gotten out of third base, what they have gotten offensively out of catcher, what they have gotten out of first base, what they've gotten out of center field when Bader's not around because he's just coming back from injury. It is, I mean, I just gave you 80% of the team, and it's garbage. It's, it's just a fact. That's just a fact of what this offense has become. And... The catching position, I, a lot of them I understand. The catching position, they went defensive first at a defensive position. Uh, you know, Trevino had a tremendous year last year, so you let it ride. Okay. Rizzo, you brought back. He was a winning player. He had a good first half last year. He had a good first two months this year. He's become a waste. All right, maybe you didn't see it coming. You thought Donaldson would have a bounce back year. It Probably an overthought to think that. Probably a stupid thought to think that. And I'm right there on the stupid train but probably a stupid thought to th- think that. But, hey, you had a you had a, a DJ LeMayu who's ready to come right behind that and play third base, and he's healthy this year and the toe's feeling good, so at least you have that as the fallback. Who knew he was going to be a zero? All right, who knew Beta was going to – I understand he came over in, in a boot on the trade. It doesn't mean you figured he'd be out the whole year to start the season with an oblique injury. So, short catcher, I'll give you a break. First break, first base, I'll give you a break. The place that really bothers me is left field. And it's become a joke. So we can we can talk about Sean Casey and even my positivity towards the higher. The fact of the matter is at some point, and it better be sooner rather than later, the Yankees are going to have to go out there and do something and trade for someone. And we can sit here all day and say, why, this one's not the guy, that one's not the guy. We're at the point we're past that. You got to go out and get someone impactful, probably at two positions. Because the way I look at it and I wait, the way I think Brian Cashman and the Yankees should look at it, they don't have a third baseman and they don't have a left fielder. That's how they should look at it because it's the truth. 877-337-6666. Half hour to go. Let's go. Let's go get it. 877-337-6666. Continue to take your calls on the Yankees and Mets as we work our way through the All-Star break, the All-Star game later tonight. Garrett Cole will start the All-Star game. A New York Yankee starting the All-Star game for the American League. He deserves it. He's not the best pitcher in the American League, but he's deserving of the start. Judge didn't go down there to work on his toe, which is probably a positive thing. It probably is positive that he didn't go down there because it means he feels he's at least working towards something. If he felt like this was a lost season, why not not go to Seattle and have some fun? Instead, he's working on that toe. The bane of my existence. Aaron Judge's toe. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. I was just watching some of the highlights of the Alonzo at bat in the home run derby. Unfortunately, I, again, I was in the car because, you know, I had to drive here. And he was robbed. The guy was dotting the outside corner the entire bat. Only, leave it, the guy, nobody loves the home run derby more than Pete Alonzo. And the guy who, you know, is his, his elixir for hitting home runs gets an arm injury. Can't make it up. Guy was old. Now, he wasn't going to hit 41 home runs, but this is what he lives for. And you're throwing that slop? Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Pat in the Bronx. What's up, Pat? Christopher McMonagle. Yes. Wow. Uh, how you're you a mean one. That's what it sound, you sound like you're singing the Grinch song. You're mean. Uh, What's up? That's right. That's right. You're a mean one, Mr. Oh. Grinch. Wow. That was excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, how are you adjusting? Uh, this is your first week officially, right? Yes, second show officially. Yep. So, what are you doing? Five hour shifts this week? Is the all star? Yeah, apparently five hour. Yeah, I did uh, three last um, last morning or whatever. I don't know. Yesterday, and now I've got uh, a, this one and three more five hour shifts. Yep. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. So, uh, have you you've been planning for this? So you you've got. Uh, I've been planning for this my whole life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I've been playing. I mean, listen, I've been doing the overnights on on Saturday mornings, Friday nights into Saturday, so I do have a somewhat of a, a familiarity with coming home early in the morning and sleeping during the day on Saturdays, so it's not totally unaccustomed to me, but getting into a rhythm where it's an everyday thing is going to be new to me, uh, and also, plus, on the Saturdays, I would come home, and then my kids would have things. I, I, you know, T-ball was just recently, so I would come home and sleep very little, and then just function on a Saturday knowing I would go to sleep and be able to sleep in a little bit on Sunday. This is a totally different thing. This is I need to get my five or at least five, six, seven hours in so I can function. So I'm going to try and figure it out. It's going to take some time, but I have no I have no doubt I'll adjust. If the adjusting is sleeping, I'll figure it out. I'll figure that adjustment out. And, 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 and if the adjustment is sleeping and when to eat, up my up my alley. Those are my two favorite things. I can do them at any time. I'll figure it out. They got to bring home the bacon, so you... I do. I, well, I mean, yes, I have to bring home the bacon. That is true. And you're passing the bread trucks on your way home and... Well, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's out. Everyone's early delivering newspapers and delivering bread trucks, and the milkman is out there with me. Yep. So as a Mets fan, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. as a Mets, Jets, and, you know... Uh, my, oh, you're, you're, red, a, yeah, yeah, you're one of those, are you? Oh, it's unfortunate. Yes. I, I, I root for teams that rhyme for some reason, and they're all <laughs> awful. And, uh, Do they rhyme? Yeah, I thinking, never put that together. Yes. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, um, 
you know, it's it's not this year that bothers me. I'm and I'm going to keep watching and, and watch the youngsters, well, Alvarez, whoever. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to I'm going to look at Lindor. I mean, compare Lindor to Soto this year. I mean, a similar oh, situation. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I I think Lindor. Yeah, I think Lindor is having a good year. He's he should have been an All Star. He's got his power numbers are really good. His RBI numbers, his home run numbers, those are those are elite for the shortstop position. He's a little inconsistent. His OPS is just around 800. That's a good player. He's a, and, and when you take in his defense, it's an excellent player. But, you know, you expect more when you make the trade. He was the beginning of the Uncle Steve era. He was the beginning of, wow, look who they traded for. Wow, look at the contract. He's going to be our stud for the next however many years. He's this great player in Cleveland. And... His first year, disappointed. The last two have been pretty good. And to the point where right now, he's been very good. And to me, they're at their best when he's their best player. When he, he More than even so Alonzo, who I understand in many ways is the heart of the team. But when when Lindor is going well, I think that's when the Mets are at their best. So it he's, he's still a driving yeah. force in the team, and he's been very, very good. It reminds me of when the Nationals picked up Jason Worth. They were saying... This may not. This may be an overpaid contract, but we we're serious and we're going for it. But I'd rather be in our position than the Nationals because I'm, I'm wondering what their fans are thinking now, or what the Cubs fans are thinking, selling everything to win one championship and then back to the uh, yeah. I mean, it, it depends, you know. And appreciate the call, Pat. I don't know how you'd feel for one championship. It, you know, I think there are even Yankee fans who have many championships who are at the point since '09 they would sell. Everything for a guaranteed champ for a championship. I mean, if you're a Met fan, you haven't won a World Series since 1986, and you know you might have seen that. I didn't. Fleegelman didn't. Even Evan Roberts really didn't. I mean, you know. So, would you sell everything for a championship? I think you would, and you'd be willing to suffer for a while. I think you'd be willing to suffer for a while. But the thing is, right now, you have an owner where that's not possible. You shouldn't. The one thing I don't think it guarantees you every year success. So, like when I when I argue Brian Cashman and I say they never miss, they always have a winning team. It's it's been twenty six consecutive years of it, and I talk about the positive of that. I don't think the money guarantees you that. It doesn't guarantee you year to year to year, every single year, never failing. But it does guarantee you the idea of you won't go three or four years with a terrible team. Like that should not under the Cohen leadership. There should not be even you know a two. There should not be a three year run of bad baseball. That that the money he provides should guarantee you at least that. Doesn't guarantee you championships. It doesn't guarantee you success every single year. But it should guarantee you not having a stretch of bad bad baseball. That's what it should guarantee you. Anyone should be able to provide a you know a, at least one good year in the stretch of three. Eric and Ronkonkoma. What's up, Eric? Hey, C-Mac. How you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Well, good, good. Well, look, I mean, look at the Marlins. They went through in, in, in the 10-year period. They won two of them, and they and they ripped apart the team right after yeah. winning each one of them. I mean, yeah, no, uh, of course. I mean, no. but now, I mean, it's t- now it's been long enough, right, since 03. Uh, would you... Would you want to be a Marlins fan for those two championships? It's tough. Now, now it's been long enough, but you're right. Well, they had a stretch yeah. of... They, they've won a lot. They've won... A lot of championships. I mean, two, yeah, I, I mean they I won mean, two championships for an expansion team that blew it up right away. I mean, they figured it out. I mean, to your point, I mean, I you know, I did see 86, you know, so I, you know, it has been a long time, obviously. <clears throat> I mean, look, I, I, you know, I saw the four Stanley Cups from the Islanders. They haven't done any, you know, won anything since then. I mean, I, you know, so to answer your question, I, I've never seen the Jets win. Right. Uh, to answer your question, I, I would sell everything to get that one. We, how, how many? Uh, how many? We've how, already done I mean, the suffering. Yeah, I know. It's it's. You just went through ten years of of not making the playoffs. I mean, so it's weird to say. Would you go through ten years of not making the playoffs for a championship? You just did that for nothing. So how many? Right. Ye- how many years? Like, would you be willing to sell for one championship? It's a tough question. I understand the the thought process of I don't want to suck forever because it 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 is it's crappy, man. Like we joke and and I talk about how many I'm, years the Yankees make the playoffs. It sucks to be a losing team. I, the yeah, the Giants won a championship. Yeah, oh, of course. The Giants won a cha- I'm a Giants fan. The Giants won a championship in 11, right? That didn't – it got to the point when they were the worst team in football for three consecutive years, and every single right. year they're 0-4, 1-6. I, I really didn't care that they won a championship in 2011. Like, it got to a point where it no longer mattered. 
I didn't want to see the, the the nonsense of being the worst team and having seasons done by Thanksgiving. Like, that sucks. There's yeah, no... but at least you didn't have a butt fumble. <laughs> you guys are big on the butt fumble, huh? <laughs> uh, big on well, the butt hey, fumble and the hey, fake hey, spike. Those hey, are the two things. Fake spike and eating the hot dog on the sideline there. Uh, look, the um, I, I want to just make a real quick uh, point about Sean Casey, but yeah. uh, as far as the, the pizza and the Chinese food, yes. give, give me either one or both at the same time. I don't care. So, okay. um, Well, you got to pick one. I can't come on here and just give so-so opinions like pizza, Chinese food, whatever. I got well, to pick one. I got to go in the – I got to pick a direction and run with it. How about, how about lo mein on top of a cheese plate? Oh, I mean, stop they, they, it. Like, what, don't talk that blasphemy. You put lo mein <laughs> on top of your pizza? Well, I, I haven't, but I mean, I, I would, you know. Well, I mean, uh, I guess I like, if, like if, if Joe Rogan brings back Fear Factor. But, like, I, I don't know why I would do that. Not, I'm not ruining both things by mixing them together. But, of course, I mean, I, I like both, but I have to pick one. I, I'm All I'm saying is, is if my wife walks into the room and says, I'm not cooking, let's order, I'm much quicker to go, okay, let's get Chinese than I am to let's get a pizza. Uh, it's not even close. A hundred times out of a hundred, I'll recommend Chinese food. Barring the idea that we just had it like twice in the last four days. Jake up in Pennsylvania. What's up, Jake? Hey, C-Mac. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You got it, buddy. Hey, uh, sorry. I when I talked to you last night, I forgot to congratulate you on the on the new gig. And uh, well, I mean, really- listen, I'm glad you said something, and I was hoping we wouldn't get through two phone calls without the congratulations. Otherwise, you were not <laughs> going to get a third. So you saved yourself, <laughs> Jacob, and welcome to the family. Thank you, and uh, I'm really glad that you got the gig. Thank uh, you, honestly. Thank uh, you, definitely. Yeah, man. As far as the, the Sean Casey thing goes, I, it's laughable to me though. I, he, I, there's no way he's going to turn around these washed up players and these young kids. And I don't, I don't get it. As just Lemayu, what is Lemayu going to start hitting all of a sudden? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean like, I think it's fair. What I'm saying is, is that if they were going to make a hire, right? If they were going to make a change, what they, they decided to do, I think a guy like Casey who comes in as a veteran and more of just a, a mental break from what they were doing is is more likely to me to change than bringing in some other guy with just a different style cuz i agree with you like what are the, what is someone going to come in and do to tweak LeMayhew's swing to suddenly fix it i mean it's not impossible but it seems unlikely i think it's more likely that you bring in a guy who lightens the room up a little bit and and changes the way they're feeling and goes through some of those things and talks about different hitting stuff but can relate to it as a veteran player someone who had experiences of going through slumps and also a little bit of a character because right now it just feels like they understand that they suck and that it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them. And I think you need someone just to come in, lighten the pressure, lighten up the amount of information they're giving, simplify things, laugh a little bit. I I know that seems silly. And I'm not trying to tell you that's going to change everything. Like that's the miracle elixir. What I'm saying is I think that can help a little bit. I prefer that to just another guy with a different approach who's who's going to tell them, oh, instead of putting your hands here, put your hands here. And instead of doing this, put your, do this. Instead of doing that, do that. For, for Volpe, that might work. If they call it Peraza, that might work. I don't think you're going to tell DJ LeMayu, oh, listen, you, put your hand, you got your hands in the wrong place. And suddenly, but, you know, lighten up, you weirdo. Maybe that helps. Tim in Madison. What's up, Tim? Hey, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? Good. I'm calling first to say congratulations on a well-earned and well-deserved gig that you got yourself here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've called you a few times in this time slot back in the day when you were in for Sal. And, uh, man, you're awesome. Um, Thank you. Just a quick thing before I get to the sports point. uh, Get these guys to put Stay With Me by Faces. Yeah. uh, Rock. Rod Stewart was the lead singer. I, I, I know exactly who Faces is, and I know exactly who's, uh, what Stay With Me is. I know the song. Love it. I, I would love to hear you singing that coming in from a break. Okay. Um, I'll, t- I'll write it down. I'll take it a note. I, I happen to love face, Faces. And I, uh, great tune. I was great just listening song. to Ooh La La. Right? Isn't that the name right, of the song? I think 100%. Yeah. 100%. 
Yeah, a really underrated rock and roll voice, Rod Stewart. But yeah. I don't want to get sidetracked here. They do a cover. Um, they did a cover. Maybe I'm amazed too that I like a lot. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, so I, I'm going to hit you with a trade here uh, for the Yankees, and hit I know me you're with right. Your best shot. Go, let me hear it. <laughs> uh, you already touched on half of it, uh, and I think the other half of the trade is like this is what the Yankees exactly need. Uh, they need a starting pitcher, and they need a lefty bat in the outfield. And you go to the Brewers and you say, we want Corbin Burns and we want Christian Yelich. Um, you could give them a, a, a big package of prospects back. Um, well, you'd have to. But he's making – yeah, of course. But, I mean, uh, it's worth it because, I mean – You also have to – I mean, if you, take, if you take all of Yelich's money and the thing with Yelich, he's having a resurgence year. He got off to a little bit but of it's a... only twenty five million. I mean I hate the word only. But yeah. twenty five million. That's that's not unreasonable. It was unreasonable at the time he signed it, but it's not unreasonable anymore. Um twenty five million for how many more years though, do you know? I'm just yeah, I do. He's now. locked he, he's locked up through twenty twenty eight. So there's five twenty twenty eight. Yes. Right. But so we okay, have a left so you... fielder for the next five so years. So one, two, three, four, five more years. 26, 26, 26, 26. So for $26 million a year, I mean, you might not have to give up that much because he's had down years the last couple of years. Yes, he's having a bit of a resurgence this year, but he's had down years, and you're getting him for years 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. I don't know if I love locking into that money. I'm not giving up big-time well, prospects for it. I mean, yeah, I understand you're saying you get Burns too. Uh, I don't think the starting yeah, rotation I mean, is a desperate need, but, I mean, you had a pitcher like that, I'm obviously willing to do it. Uh, I just feel like that that would set this this team up, you know. Again, because you're not getting any I, I younger think, doing that. I agree. You're not listen, getting any Yankees, younger doing that. I don't disagree with you, Chris. But here here's the Yankees' biggest problem, and and, and realistically, you know, people want to blame Cashman. It's not Cashman, but you know, you can't serve two masters. They want either a great, they want to uh, have a great farm system, and they want to compete for World Series championships. But, like, we've seen over the years now, and I'm talking about, like, not the last two years, but the last, I don't know, 20 years, most of these prospects that are that are very high-end and really elite-level talent, their paths are consistently blocked to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's what happens. And eventually we grow impatient. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the biggest problem we have. And, listen, you do want to cultivate talent that comes through your farm system, no doubt about it. I, yeah. I agree, completely. but I, I, I think they're but at, at a, some point you got to push your chips in, don't you? If you're the Yankees, yeah, like, this I, is the Yankees. This isn't some other garbage franchise. No, of course, this is the I, Yankees. You got to push your chips in. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if Yelich is the guy you put your chips on right now. He's having a nice little thing going, but he's been so bad for a couple of years now that I'm hesitant to do that, and then latch onto the money for the next twenty for the next five years if they don't win. And I think right now you look up and down this roster. I don't think there's a lot of people blocking players now. I understand Peraz is being blocked by Volpe and, and you know maybe Donaldson and DJ LeMahieu at the moment, but I think over the next few years, again, this goes back to the baby bombers. The Yankees do, like you mentioned, they never bring up they they do bring up guys. The idea that they never bring up prospects, they're always blocked up. It's just not. It's 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 sometimes true, but I mean they they just tried the team that turned it around in seventeen was built by the young core. I mean that's what. They brought up Gary Sanchez to play catcher. They brought up Greg Bird to be the first baseman. They brought up Gleyber Torres. They brought up Andujar. They gave Clint Frazier a chance. Like they, they, they brought up a lot of guys. Obviously, Aaron Judge. I'm missing. I mean, you're talking about six, seven of the starting lineup they had intended to be the young team, the young core of the team, and then it failed one by one. And they've been rebuilding the ever since. But now, you know, maybe Austin Wells is the next catcher. Maybe, uh, you know. Peraza and Volpe are the next, you know, double play team. Maybe Perea, who just got moved up to AAA, is the next outfielder. Like, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily being blocked by anyone because nobody on this team is that good or that young or that, you know, may, that much of a mainstay right now. And if you bring in Yelich, I mean, you're talking about twenty six million dollars a year for the next five years to get his mid to late thirties on a, a career that's, you know, having a nice season but has been. Really bad the last two years. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Four fifty-two. McMonagle here with you on the fan. You know it's funny. They just played. Uh, Mike just played that promo going into the break of Alex Rodriguez and being suspended, and then. 
tell me why I should serve one inning, which obviously was right here in this studio. I remember um, that day very well. We got word that he left the meeting with Major League Baseball, all mad and angry, I guess, and he was going to come here. He was going to do the interview with Mike. I was obviously working on Mike's show, and at the time we're doing, we're on the Yes Network, and it's like, don't, don't tell the Yes Network, we're, you know. And all of a sudden he shows up, he does the interview, you know, he lies through his teeth or whatever, you know. He talks about not, he shouldn't serve one inning, and he's mad, and it's ridiculous. He didn't do steroids and all this stuff. So anyway, but the point of this, the, the funny part of the story for me is, so he comes in with his with his guys, and he's, he does the interview with Mike, and we got him like a bottle, a cup, it was a cup of water. You know, we got like a, a cup, filled it up at the, the water fountain, the water cooler here, and we gave him a cup of water to drink while he's doing the interview. And so he's doing the interview, and the whole building starts to, you know, hang out outside the door in the newsroom. The sales department's out. Like, everyone's out there. Alex Rodriguez, he's, you know, it's the biggest story in sports kind of at the moment. He stormed out of this meeting right into our studios, and so they're all outside waiting for Alex Rodriguez. The whole place was. He walks out. You know, everyone's he walks out into a room full of people just standing around and then suddenly pretending like they should be there like oh you know yes did you see the uh the thing on the uh the fourth quarter of the you know not where it's going to be worse than last fourth quarter you know whatever they're trying to make it pretend like they're talking shop out in the newsroom as alex rodriguez comes walking through and then <laughs> i'll never forget it uh a salesman comes into the studio to talk to me and monzo and she goes, um, is that the chair you're sitting in? I said, we were like, yeah. I was like, is that the cup he was drinking from? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, do you mind if I go get it? Uh, you want to take the cup Alex Rodriguez was drinking from? Yeah. Can I go get it? Knock yourself out. I'll never forget. I was just you want the cup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's that was crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. You think she kept it for herself or I, wanted I, it to sell? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she thought that somehow she could try and portray it on eBay as some sort of uh Alex Rodriguez drank from this cup the day he lied to Mike about taking steroids. He stormed out of his meeting with Major League Baseball and came right here and drank from this cup. I don't, I'll never forget. Was that his cup? I was like, yeah. You think you think I could have it? I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no way you'd want it. Mike and Tom's River. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chris. How you doing? You're really doing a great job. I didn't get to hear you do a full song today, but maybe tomorrow no, you'll do we gotta, the, Yeah, I mean, listen, I haven't. Uh, blame Road Mike. Medley. Blame Flegelman. He hasn't given me one opportunity to sing. We, we want to do the Abbey Road medley. Come on, oh, carry listen, that weight, no, listen, baby. Carry uh, that weight. The Abbey Road medley so is that's. I ended my wedding with the Abbey Road medley. Uh, you know that's that's what we have so much in common. Well, you yep. cracked me up before when you talked about Alonzo living for this. I swear, yeah. he's the oh. Kenny Walker. He's the Kenny Walker uh, for the. I don't know if you remember. You're a little young. Yeah, I know. The, I know. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah, when he won that, that was his career highlight on his resume. Yeah. But what I wanted to talk to you about is I wanted to ask you a little question. Of all the New York athletes you can ever remember, mm -hmm. which one had a big toe injury that dragged on for years? To the point, it's a little bit before your time, mm -hmm. but it was always the story. I, I even remember Mike Owen, enough with this big toe. You know who I'm talking about? It was an issue for a couple of years, and it was driving Nick Van. Oh, I gave it away. Nick Van yeah. driving us crazy. It, just because mm -hmm. we were running out of time. I mean, was, was I Charles mean, did Oakley. Charles Oakley? He had a big toe injury, and it was like, could you get it fixed? And all these people who talk about, oh, it's just a big toe. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. The big toe is where it's the first thing that makes contact with the ground when you put your right foot down. Or any no, listen, towing, towing. I, I, I'm, I'm scared as hell, man. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Now, I'm, I'm, you and I'm, me both. I'm not just nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous he's not going to come back. Let, let's just go through the litany of things I'm nervous about. I'm nervous he's yep. not going to come back at all. I'm nervous yep. if he does come back, he won't be himself. I'm worried oh, about. 
I'm worried about the idea that this could be a, a nagging injury for the rest of his career. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not so worried yet. At least I'm not so worried that he'll never be the same for the rest of his career. But I am worried that there'll be stretches like if he, you know, he might bang, he might hit the toe the wrong way or or run a certain way. Where now, okay, now he's got two or three weeks where the toe is bothering and him or something. Too, like. didn't, didn't, well, Lemayhu just Lemayhu. It looks more than just the foot to me, but it does. Yeah. It does, but it looks like that's just one of many aging things and. And I'll tell you, when you when you add that element into the whole package, mm-hmm. it could be one of several things. But, you know, that could have been the trigger because he really hasn't been consistent since that toe thing. He's just not going to talk about it. But, yeah. you know, that's what's scary. I, yeah, but it looks like more than that to me with LeMahieu. I, I could understand if... if you know, LeMahieu was just, you know, struggling a bit. He looks completely lost. I, I, I can't believe it's just the toe. And honestly, they've got him for another two years, like, and he's doing nothing. If it was the toe, I think it'd be more disgust. Like, I think the Yankees would just be like, look, let's let's figure something out. He never ended up having that surgery. Um, I, I just yeah. think that it would be disgust more. It would be like more of a, a thing where the Yankees are like, look, you can't do this. We got to figure something out. I I think it's probably bothering him on some level, maybe, or it's it it creeped into giving him bad habits, maybe. I don't know, but he looks it looks worse than just a toe injury. It looks really I, he looks done, and it's scary. But yeah, the ju- the judge injury is terrifying. And to think it was on that great play where we were all so freaking pumped about it, it's, it's very frustrating. That's it for me. The warm up show. Alan Jerry is next. Thank you, Fliegelman. Thank you to the callers. Thank you to the listeners. I appreciate it. Two down, three more to go this week. Looking forward to it. Looking to get in the full swing of it. Feel like I'll, I'll have a week put behind me, and we'll be in the rhythm of you re- you used to me and me used to you. But we still got some time. Again, we're feeling each other out, and you feel terrific. So everybody, have a good day. Enjoy your Tuesday. I'll catch you tomorrow morning. Sports Radio 1019 FM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.